everyone. It's April and Tony again. We're back this week. My gosh, the week went fast. I feel like I was just sitting here five seconds ago. Time seems to be speeding up on us. Um, so we're here, and we're going to talk about our pet just a little bit, and we're going to ask Veronica some questions like we do every week. I have to report that my feral cat, my feral cat I call Blondie, has now jumped up and on the counter and will watch me make his food now. Still won't let me touch him, but he's closing the six-foot gap between us. Now it's more like three feet, which I'm thrilled about. Every little movement towards him becoming more like a regular cat is news for me. Very, very good. Um, we also had three days of monsoon rain here in California. Twelve inches of rain. I put out a little thing and it's 12 inches. My tortoises are beyond irritated and angry. Um, they thrive on the sun. If you've ever had a tortoise, um, especially like a, it's a desert-like tortoise, so cottas are, they sit up, they, when they wake up in the morning, the first thing they do to give them energy is they go sit in the sun and, and warm up their um, shell. And they haven't been able to do that for about two and a half weeks now because it's been cloudy. And for the past three days, it's been raining. I mean, monsooning. I can't even say the word rain. It's monsooning. And the tortoises, I, ha I have to check out them every couple of hours because the, the ground gets so saturated. And they're 200 pounds a piece about, um, or maybe 150. Um, they, um, they start to sink into the mud. Um, at least they have here. I've got, you know, I live on a you know, forest practically. So the ground has become so saturated that they sink down into it and can't move. And it's hard for them to move anyway without the sun and warmth because that's what gives them energy and fuel. So I've got them all situated under tarps. I got one of them in a tipped over big garbage can because he's, he's the weakest of the three. And so I'd really like him to be more protected. The other two won't do it, but he'll do it. And just hoping to get through. I mean, I've, I've got him wrapped in electric blankets. I've got um, livestock heaters that they use for little piglets when they're born. I have them laying in the bottom of one of their hides to keep them warm. Um, it's been going down to 30 degrees here, and I know I can hear Tony sighing over there as we speak, <laughs> but, but it's, it's 30 degrees here is like, oh, my God, and the tortoises are looking at me like, do something. So <laughs> I sit out there every, every couple hours. I set my alarm at night so I can go out there and make sure everything's okay, because if I don't, Sure as heck in the next morning, there was a couple of times I didn't go out and check and I came back and it was everything had fallen to the side because of the wind, the rain, blah, blah, blah. And it's been tough trying to keep my tortoises warm. I think I'm going to take the cue next year. I'm going to build something before um, it gets too cold out, something that's solid that, that will last. Because my poor tortoises, they are so angry right now. And of course, they're looking at me, and my hands are tied. I've done everything I can possibly do other than build them a, a, you know, a more permanent hide, which I think I'm going to have to do now. So anyways, how is everybody over there, Tony? How's everybody doing? Well, everybody's fine, knock on wood. Um, I sent you that video last night of QQ drinking water, and yes. uh, Alex is waiting, 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 and she's taking her time. Of course, it didn't show that um, 
Duke and Ringo were in back of Alex. There was a line. And it's not like there are not four water bowls throughout the house. Well, that one there is obviously special. I guess it is. So I think, yeah, the, I think the doggies just wanted it because the cat had it. Yeah. And she took her time. <laughs> oh, she probably hurt. doesn't get very many opportunities to stick it to him, you know? <laughs> oh, no. Absolutely not. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of cute. I put it on Instagram also. And oh, so it, was, it made really me laugh. Like Every time you yeah. send those cute little videos, I laugh and laugh. I really enjoy them. Well, yours, too, with G. I mean, they're just, he's funny, the expression on his face on a lot of them. He, you know, he's almost human-like with his emotions and stuff. And I know. Like, just before this, we started here today, he's in the office, and he wakes up like he knows it's time for the thing, and he wants me to pick him up. I said, sweetie, I can't pick you up right now. He goes, why not? I said, well, I can hold you for a few minutes, you know, but I've got to do the radio show. And he goes, well, why can't I do the radio show? I said, because you're not. That's why. And you're going to go back, lay down in your bed so that we can do this. And he's, he's I think he's trying to get, like, a 15-minute segment on the show. Oh, okay. Okay. How he's going to do that, I don't know. But he looks at me with these human eyes. I swear oh, to no. you. No. And if something he doesn't like, something he squints his eyes at me, or, or if he's just surprised at something, his eyes get real big. He's, he's something else. I know. That's the decision I, I ever that. made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. No. So I, wow. I love him to pieces, just to pieces. Uh, he makes my day. He makes me laugh every single day. That's what's important. And he, and he's very good with the cats. They they all like him. Yeah, yeah. They're all bigger than him. Well, my four male cats. My four male cats. They're about twenty pounds each. Yeah, I mean, they're well fed. You know, tomcats. And yeah. Guinness is six, maybe seven pounds on a day where he's had too many treats. Maybe that. But he's tiny little yeah. guy. I can pick him up in one hand. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, I was thinking with your feral cat. Um, did you try Blondie? to put like Blondie? If you yeah. have you tried to put like a one of your shirts or sweaters near near Blondie? So. Um, I did do that once, and he threw it out of his bed. I try it again. He it's picked getting it up close. his teeth and dragged it out of his bed. He did not want that in his bed. <laughs> I didn't take it personally. I thought, okay, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, you do. of course not. <laughs> Get this garbage out of my stuff. Boom, 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 boom. Done. All done. It, it might be different now. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, he's been in the house for a couple of years and just was not, not socializing well. And then all of a sudden everything shifted and he came downstairs and now he's got friends. Yeah. So I am, I'm thrilled for him because, you know, he, he had to be dreadfully lonely up there, but he certainly didn't want me there. But yeah. now he's got, now he's got a little entourage. So it, I think it's great. I'm very happy for him that he's at least getting the socialization that he needs. Not human, but, yeah. you know, other, other cats. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take it. 
So anyways, okay. I'm going to go see um, the other side. I'm going to go get Veronica. All right. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. And um, yeah, I really think April should put her shirt in his bed again just to see what happens. But anyway, we have some great questions. And I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. And that's I-N-N-E-R, whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, yes, we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Um, our first question is coming from Heather. I have a little dog named Banjo that had come back and you verified that. I'm wondering if he is also, oh, there's that word again, conduit. Conduit. For a num- that's it. For a number of my past dogs to come through and visit when they want. Mm, well, obviously, the banjo energy figured it all out. And the other dogs that knew him while he was on the other side before he came back, he told them he would help them out because a lot of them were trying to reach you and they couldn't. They had a hard time with it. But suddenly they got through and Banjo now has opened up his back door, so to speak, to allow energy to come in and share with him while he's there because they've been desperate, these other dogs, to connect with you. And now they've got someone in the linear that's going to help them out. So, yeah, they're going to come and visit when they want because Banjo's saying, hey, come on in. Door's open. She's here. Why don't you talk to her? And what a wonderful gift that is, Heather. You're, for the price of one dog, you're going to get all the ones back a little bit to, you know, to say hello. So that's going to be a very wonderful experience for you. Congratulations. Great. Uh, Debbie writes in. Can trust in a relationship be repaired when there has been a betrayal? Mm, Trust is a very, very valuable commodity. It's If you tarnish it or break it in some way, very difficult to put it back together. It's like a delicate piece of glass sculpture that if you drop it, the whole thing can shatter. It's very difficult to put it back together. If both parties work together on it, complete transparency and openness, there can be a chance. Now, it's going to be different with every you know, relationship that you have. So we can't make it a blanket across the board, okay, this is how it's going to be kind of thing, because you're all very different. But we can tell you that trust is probably the most valuable thing you have in a relationship, trusting that person to do the best for you. And when that person will happen to betray you, the shock of it, the sadness of it can be extremely overwhelming. Again, if both of you focus on it, it would take a very long time and it never will be quite the same again because there's always going to be a little dent in the fender, so to speak, that it did happen. Difficult, yes. Impossible, no. But it would take an incredible amount of work and understanding and transparency to even begin to mend it. But it can be mended, but tedious and long-term is most likely how it's going to pan out. 
Okay. Uh, Doug would like to know, how did the Incas of Peru, a pre-technical civilization, quarry and construct Mancho Picchu, moving several stone blocks up a steep, mountainous terrain, then fit them together properly, so tightly, not to even a scrape of paper can slip in between them. Archaeologists tell us the entire complex was abandoned only 80 years later. Why did they leave? There was a lot of other tribes and groups of souls that not as advanced as the Incas, but neighbors, so to speak. And back in the time frame when this occurred, there was a lot of physicality and battles and disagreements. And the way they handled disagreements is with a fight to the death. There was a lot of that in Machu Picchu, even with its beautiful spiritual energy and the elevation of it, there was a lot of disagreements with other tribal things around. There was also some visitors who brought disease, and the Incas were concerned that the whole place was contaminated and therefore decided to abandon it about 80 years later to get away from the negativity of the you know, neighboring tribes, and to also then at one point to get rid of the sickness and disease that was coming at them that came from all different sectors. So they did leave, but mostly because they wanted to preserve the sanctity of the place. They knew how special it was, and they knew how to harness it. But with all the other stuff going on, it made it difficult to do that. Now, that's just one aspect, one story of Machu Picchu, um, but they did get, you know, extraterrestrial help with those stones. It would be impossible for a group. Now they can do usually do things rolling them over um, like tree trunks and stuff to get them there, but the actual building and construction was, there was some help with that. Now it wasn't completely all spaceships and everything doing this, but there was some help with the implementation of how to make that all work. But the Incas were very smart, they were very open and very creative. And they could have designed something like this and then had the help of extraterrestrials to make it all happen. Okay. Our next question is coming from Susan. Are those who cross over at risk of becoming stuck in the astral plane without our prayers? Are those who cross over at risk of becoming stuck in the astral plane without our prayers? Praying for those who have crossed over is giving them an energetic attention, an energetic boost, so to speak. They're not at risk of getting caught in the astral plane. Um, some might be, but normally... Getting stuck in the astral plane is left for those younger souls who might have lost their way or for those who aren't paying attention properly. 
they don't need your prayers, so to speak. The praying part is an energetic exchange that continues between you and that person after they cross over because obviously the dynamic and paradigm of the relationship has changed due to their taking themselves out of the linear reality. But getting stuck in the astral plane is usually perpetrated by those who don't understand how it works once they cross over and maybe they have rejected guidance and then they become lost and caught up in the astral plane. But no one gets stuck there because of a lack of prayer. They get stuck there because of lack of awareness. Okay. Well, Veronica, that was our last question. I'd like to take a break and come back and give a message to the world. All right. Okay. Well, everyone, I encourage you to write in. Um, and I always say if there's a question that was asked today and you have more questions about that topic, please, please feel free to write in and ask your question and we'll get it on the air as soon as we can and write in to innerwhispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. Oh, here we are, another day on the planet Earth. The planet is going through a lot. And consequently, because of the planet going through a lot, the culture goes through a lot. <clears throat> There's a lot of elevation of energy at this time on your planet. Some things that have been really negative that were embedded in the grid of your culture <clears throat> is coming to the surface. And the truth is coming forward. Transparency is coming forward. Living your life calmly with harmony and peace is coming. Anytime you clean up a very dirty room, it's always the worst when you first start. And sometimes cleaning a room can be disheartening, disappointing, and just downright something you don't want to do because it's so unpleasant. But we'd say, all of you, stay the course. Use the earth, the planet, the people on it. Use this as a guide to understand how to be on the planet. Be more friendly. Be more likable. Be more open and aware of other people and their feelings. They're all coming into a time where those things are going to come to the forefront and be more prevalent than they have been. Right now, it looks like that the planet is just, you know, everybody's fighting with everyone else type of thing. All of you should focus peace and harmony energetically upon that. Now, we realize that all of, this, all of you are going to say, well, what good does that do? If you all do it, as we say, said for the last 20, 30 years, if you all participate as a group energetically, you can eradicate negativity and downright evil. But you have to remain focused. You can't give up. And you have to live your life with this harmonic kind of feeling where you don't react negatively to things. You don't let yourself get triggered and move into something that you don't really want to do, but that comes out of you anyway. It's time for all of you to do an internal cleanse of your own energy and make your choices based upon what it is you would like to see happen in your reality. We highly suggest that the title of this little endeavor should be Peace and Harmony for me, for yourself. 
by doing that, you are drawing that good energy into you, and that's going to allow you to flow it back out of you. And again, if everybody did that, you would have more ability to reach that peace and harmony. So we'd say, don't give up. Start creating inside of you this oasis of calm, an oasis of eternal love and peace. Bring it into you. Nurture it. Build it. Let it stream out of you as much as you can. That is the way to fix, quote, the problems of the world. Decide that you're going to start participating that way and see where it takes you and see where, you know, if enough of you start to do that, see where it takes you as a culture. The time coming forward look calm and peaceful to us on an energetic level. Allow that to continue. Support that if you can. And decide today that you're going to bring as much peace into you and take, you know, and project out of you that same peace. That is the way to, quote, fix the world. It will take a little bit of time, but it is the most accurate, thorough way to do it. So begin today. See what happens. We don't think you'll be disappointed. All right. Thank you, Veronica. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. And we'll be back with you next week with more questions. Until then, have a good weekend. Bye-bye.